remember him pulling out his gun, shooting once, and then Rick fell. Witness to a murder. Marinda Palacios was in the apartment with her friend Rick Madrigal and saw him get killed. The former hard rock radio DJ left behind a daughter who was six years old at the time. Leonel Hernandez, Marinda's then boyfriend, pulled the trigger. Months after I had reached out asking if she would talk to me for this podcast, Marinda finally responded. And finally, you'll hear in her own words what happened that night. From KVIA TV in El Paso, this is an update of Borderland Crimes, the life and death of Rick Madrigal. In March of 2019, a jury found Leonel Hernandez guilty of murder and sentenced him to 50 years in prison in the death of Rick Madrigal. As a living witness to Rick's murder, Marinda Palacios had served as the star witness for the prosecution. Her cooperation came as a quid pro quo. Marinda had been charged with failure to report a felony. She did not immediately tell police that she had seen Rick get shot to death. Instead, Marinda stayed with Lionel. They left the apartment, went to bars, and spent the night together at a hotel. During that time, she texted her daughter first to say she was fine, but later told her what had happened. It was Marinda's then-husband who reported the crime to police. Failure to report is a Class A misdemeanor in Texas. That's punishable by up to a year in jail or a fine or both. But in exchange for her testimony, prosecutors dropped the charge against Marinda. The move angered Rick's best friend, Lexi Dominguez-Garcia. Lexi talked to me about the case in February. It's like all her fault. It's like all her fault in my eyes. I mean, of course, he did the deed, but like I said, she she brought that trash to his house. I feel very unsatisfied that she got off because I don't think she gave us anything. She barely gave us any information. I still want to know what happened. What happened when he got there? Who let him in? Did he come in when they were not there? Did they have a fight? Did something happen? Did Rick say something? Did he sneak up on him? And she's the only one who knows. So what does Marinda know? Rick Madrigal used to work as a DJ in El Paso and Las Cruces, New Mexico. We got a sense of Rick as a radio personality and as a dad from this clip when he took his daughter to work in 2013. (laughs) Uh, My little girl's going to be spending all of July, yes, yes, with her daddy. So she's never been to the radio station. I decided to bring her up with me to work today. And of course, we'll watch Doc McStuffins Uh, on... A sparkly dance class on YouTube. Yes, baby. Thank you for telling everybody that daddy likes to watch sparkly dance classes with you. Marinda Palacios met Rick when they were in the same class at El Paso Community College about eight years ago. She said they hit it off immediately. We were really good buddies. I mean, anytime that I needed something, he was always there and vice versa. I mean, he even picked up 
my kid from school one time because I couldn't. Yeah. Um, we would hang out quite often, mm-hmm. whether at a bar, at a restaurant. We'd go eat. We'd hang out at his apartment. That's what they were doing the night of Friday, June 10th, 2016, and into the next day. Marinda was with Rick at a bar, then at his apartment, drinking, swimming. Marinda says she was getting text messages the entire time from Lionel, but she says she did not respond until late in the afternoon on Saturday, June 11th. I told Rick, I was like, dude, Leo wants to come over. He keeps texting me. He's like, fuck it, let him, let him come if he wants. Here's what Marinda says happened next. I remember um, us standing in the living room. It was Leo, me, and Rick right in the front. I don't remember any arguments or anything like they're saying. But Lionel did something that changed everything. I remember him pulling out his gun, shooting once, and then Rick fell. And then I covered my ears, then I turned around and he shot again. That's it. Marinda insists she doesn't know what led to the shooting. And Lionel did not take the stand in his defense during the trial. And when he was interviewed by detectives before being arrested for murder, Lionel constantly changed his story. The judge sided with the defense to not allow that recording to be used during Lionel's trial, because the prosecution couldn't prove that Lionel knowingly waived his right to remain silent before confessing. But here's the recording of the interview I obtained from the El Paso Police Department through an open records request. Okay. Tell us what happened. Tell, tell me what happened. Tell us what happened at the apartment. At the apartment? Yeah. You went inside and what happened inside? Lionel tells detectives several stories about what happened before the shooting. Over the course of an hour, he denies any involvement in Rick's murder. Something happened. I mean, what, what happened? I, for sure, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't do that. Like, I didn't, you know, whatever happened, I, I didn't do anything. In fact, he insists that after he arrived at Rick's apartment, they just talked. Like, we were just laughing. And then that's when Marina came out and that we just took off. But, Lionel told detectives, Rick was jealous of him. Did he tell you anything? Did he hit you? Did he push you? What did he say? No, he didn't say anything. He was just being, you know, like, very sarcastic. That's it. And after being with police for over an hour and being pressed by detectives about his role in Rick's death for 20 minutes, Lionel finally admitted to shooting Rick, but said it was in self-defense. He threatened me to do something to kill me. Okay. Because he was upset. He was upset because I was there. Really? He was arguing with her. She kept calling him. Don't do it. Don't do it. Well, I need to punch something, and like he, I heard, I he threatened me to do something to him. Okay. And he said, "Fucking kill this motherfucker!" And, like, and that's when I got like, like I don't know, <laughs> like I didn't know what he was gonna pull on me. Right. <coughs> and. 
when I was in there, like he ran towards me, and that's what happened. What happened? Okay, like I just took two shots. Like What happened when you took two shots? He just fell on the ground. And then? That's it. What happened next? We took off. That's it. But the claim of self-defense didn't hold up because Lionel told police he left the apartment to get his gun from his truck during the fight. In Texas, if you remove yourself from a confrontation and then return to it, you can't claim self-defense. So, the bottom line is, there were three people in the room, Marinda, Lionel, and Rick. Marinda says she doesn't remember what happened. Lionel repeatedly changed his version of the story, and Rick is gone. Marinda sheds more light on what happened in the minutes after the shooting next. Police investigation uncovered that in the hours after Rick was killed, Lionel and Marinda left his apartment, which was in West El Paso, and stayed the night at a hotel 10 miles away in central El Paso. What were they doing in the hours after the killing? I asked Marinda why she would leave with the man who she'd just seen kill her friend. And why did you go with him? I don't remember going with him. According to her, there's a block of time that she just can't remember. What I think happened, and this is just according to like bruises and my clothes, they were torn and they had like um, pavement marks on them. I'm thinking I took off because right after that, there was a voicemail that we couldn't find of me calling my ex-husband, telling him, I think Leo shot Rick, or I think Leo killed Rick. I don't remember exact, my, my exact words. Um, but then you can hear me running in that voicemail. You can hear me running, and then you can hear in the background Leo going, Pa onde vas, wey? And then that's when my phone cut off. Marinda says the voicemail was likely deleted from her ex-husband's phone. She does have some moments of clarity. So when I came to, like when I finally realized where I was, or not when I realized, I don't know, whenever I came out of my blackout, um, I asked, what, what, you know, what am I doing in your truck? And he's like, I had to physically put you in there. He's like, you freaked out and you took off. And I had to physically throw you in my truck, whatever that means. So I don't know if he like tackled me and then threw me in the truck or knocked me out. I, haven't, I don't remember. Did he tell you that he shot Rick? Um, he just said, don't worry. I'll take care of it or whatever because he did go back end up going back to Rick's house to get my things mm -hmm. and get his things which I didn't know what he was doing he just said I'll be back and then he came back with everything and he's like don't worry and I'm like okay like 
I was just freaked out. I didn't know what to do. I didn't know who to tell. When you were asking him what happened, he just said, don't worry about it? Yeah. He didn't say I, you know, shot or killed Rick. Did you ask him why? No, I didn't want to talk about it with him. I was afraid he was going to get upset and do something or tell me to shut up and or threaten me or kill me. That was the most thing that I was afraid of when we were in the hotel is that he was going to come back and just finish me off because I was the one that saw what he had done. The police investigation revealed Marinda and Lionel had stopped at a couple of bars. During the trial, the jury saw cell phone pictures of the pair smiling with several people. In some of them, Marinda was even seen touching tongues with a couple of guys. I don't remember anything. I totally blacked that part out. I don't know why. I don't remember going out afterwards or hanging out anywhere or being in certain places with people or talking to people. I don't remember that, and I don't understand why, and you know, my therapist can't understand either. He just says that sometimes you're just going to block stuff out, and it may come back and it may not. So when you saw pictures or you heard that you had gone out, it didn't jog any memory? No. How did you feel when you saw... Shocked. <laughs> Shocked? Like, what the hell? Like, I'm out here doing this thing right after this happened. While she was out with Lionel, Marinda was texting her 18-year-old daughter, Isis Losoya. The topic of their text messages became a focal point of the murder trial. We'll talk about them next on Borderland Crimes. of June 11, 2016, Marinda's daughter, Isis Losoya, was out with friends. She was set to graduate from high school the next day. Isis had texted her mom to check in. She also asked her mom how she was doing. According to the text shown during the trial in March of 2019, Marinda responded around 10.45 p.m. that she was fine. But according to the medical examiner, Rick had already been dead for several hours. Early the next morning, about 12 hours after Rick was murdered, Marinda reached out to her daughter with a much different message. Here's Isis. She texted me that, that morning that she was scared. And I know my mom. Like she, she, she's, she's really not scared of anything unless something like had happened. So I asked her why, and she told me that, that her boyfriend, Leo, had you know, killed Rick. And I was just, I was shocked. I, I, I didn't, I, I didn't know what to tell her. I, it was just like, call the cops, you know, like, are you okay? I was, as soon as she told me that I was, I just, so many things started going through my mind. Like, oh my God, like, is she okay? Like, where is she? You know, is she in danger? You know, it was, it was really scary that morning. <laughs> the texts presented in court show Isis told her mom repeatedly to go home. So when he would go to the restroom or he wasn't, you know, I'd text her right away. Any little chance I'd get, I'd text her right away. We did end up talking on the phone 
Um, I asked her, you know, where she was, and she was already, like, crying. You know, she was crying, trying to be quiet, and I asked her where she was. She was scared to tell me because um, she thought, you know, he was going to do something to her. And I asked her, I was like, you know what, I'm just going to go get you. Like, I wasn't even going to go to her graduation. Um, but I asked her if um, she wanted me to go get her, and um, she told me no, that it was too dangerous. The texts and calls from Marinda prompted ISIS to tell her father what was going on, and he went to police. When he made the report, detectives were able to piece together what happened. Here's Detective David Camacho, who was called to Rick's apartment on Sunday, June 12, 2016, when the body was found. There was somebody at the Westside Police Station um, claiming that their wife was kidnapped um, and their kidnapper had murdered somebody. Um, so having that information, um, having that information of a suspicious death in the West Side, um, kind of correlated. Marinda talks about being charged in connection to the crime and defends herself against the claims made by Lionel's defense attorney, who said she was the one who pulled the trigger, next on Borderland Crimes. Marinda was charged with failure to report a felony, and her misdemeanor charge was dropped in exchange for her testimony in Lionel's trial. How did you feel about those charges in connection to this case, being charged with something surrounding the death of, of someone that you considered a good friend? How did I feel? I felt like shit. <laughs> I don't know what other word to use. I felt... I mean, it's still... It's still hard to wrap around, as you say. Um, I kind of don't want to accept it yet. Have you talked to his family? Is there something that you would want to say to them? Just that I'm sorry and I apologize for everything that happened. Rick was such a great guy and he's no longer here in this world. And it's all because of my stupid ex. During the trial of her ex-boyfriend, defense attorneys for Lionel blamed Marinda for Rick's murder. They called a third-party crime scene reconstructionist to the stand, who testified that Lionel could not have been the shooter based on blood spatter found on the scene and the angle of the shot. That witness didn't name Marinda, but he concluded the shooter was a third party. In closing arguments, defense attorney Rebecca Tavitas reminded the jury Marinda didn't call for help, and in fact, she remained with Lionel for hours after the murder. Lionel's other defense attorney, William Cox, said, quote, The fact is, the state of Texas gave immunity to the person who likely pulled the trigger and killed Richard Madrigal. Marinda is adamant the jury convicted the right person. I'm absolutely not involved at all. I know um, the defense was trying to paint the picture as if I had done it. I would never, ever hurt my friend. 
ever. There was no need. There was no need. There was no need for this to happen either. I loved Rick dearly, and I still do, and I think about him all the time. Shortly after Rick's murder, Marinda moved away from El Paso. She said it wasn't necessarily because of what happened. She still comes back, though. Her daughter still lives in El Paso. In fact, she's attending a post-secondary school and is preparing to graduate. This ceremony is one that Marinda insists she won't miss. She says she misses Rick, but admits she can't bring herself to go to the cemetery where he is buried. Do you ever think that you're going to be ready to go to Rick's gravesite? I don't know. I drive by there a, a lot. I have a friend who I visit over there, and I pass by and I just say, he's there. But I can't go. I can't go. Because then it'll just make it real that he's not here anymore. And I can't, I'm not ready to deal with that. I'm just not. I'm sorry. sorry. I'm just not ready for that. Thanks to Marinda Palacios and Isis Lozoya for opening up to me about a painful time in their lives. And thank you to the El Paso Police Department, with a special thanks to Detective David Camacho, who walked me through the investigation. This has been Borderland Crimes, a podcast produced by KVIA-TV, ABC7 in El Paso. This podcast is produced, written, and edited by me, Stephanie Valle. Our audio engineers are Chris Swan and John McMinn. Our executive producer is David Gonzalez. And our news director is Brenda Deanda Swan. Stay tuned. I'll bring you another episode of Borderland Crimes soon.